Hi everyone, Tim Kitcher from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. When any old nonsense won't do, you need to tune into the Important Nonsense Podcast with Steve Bonham. Boom shakalaka! Welcome into the Important Nonsense Podcast. I am your host, Steve Bonham. You can find me everywhere at nonsense underscore Steve. We are talking nonsense once again, and you can see on the board behind me, stay humble, stay nimble. And that is because I'm talking with at nimble W numbers, Scott Simpson today about everything he does fantasy football related and uh, why he's somebody you should absolutely be following if you aren't already. So check it out. Uh, So we're going to kick things off here, Scott, in case people aren't as familiar with you as I am. Can you tell the listening slash viewing audience who you are and all the amazing things that you do in the fantasy football world. Oh, well, thank you, sir. And I did not pay you. uh, What's your (laughs) PayPal again? Uh, To say those things. Uh, Yeah. yeah, So my name is Scott Simpson, uh, nimble W numbers. Implicitly it is nimble with numbers for, you know, Twitter just kind of limits your capacity to to say what you want and be who you want. So I got (laughs) to truncate it a little bit, but, um, I think, you know, deep down, I am uh, an, a nerd, uh, an analytics nerd, a guy who loves reading, a guy who loves photography. I'm a, I'm a dad. I got two girls under the age of 10. So uh, I'm an educator. So I love learning. But then the other side of me loves having fun, you know, comedy, just being silly. Um, I think that, you know, if you're going to give, you know, somebody a bunch of numbers and data, it needs to be interesting. You need to be engaging. You have to kind of bring something different. So I've kind of spent the last couple months being silly on Twitter, I maybe you've seen some of my pictures, um, <laughs> but maybe you have not. Hopefully, you've not. Um, but you know, for me, I think there, there's a fine, uh, you know, mixing of, of of the two. And I think, you know, in fantasy football, you can do if if you're me, you can do both. You can bring people in with being funny, being silly. Um, but then, you know, I got I've got good content, and so you know, I, I just published my wide receiver two theory. I put it on my on my account, my website, and uh, I'm really excited about that. But it's not me with my shirt off. It's not me drinking beers and running the free cone drill. So sometimes people are like, what, what's this guy doing? Well, you know, that was just to kind of get you into the tent. And now that you're in the tent, I'm secretly uh, – I love data and, and uh, football particularly. The, the, the football has been a part of my life since I was five. And the Redskins, then Redskins, lost to the Raiders in the Super Bowl. And my grandma, who lived down in, in Silver Spring, Maryland, was a Raiders fan which is unheard of back then. And I think it was like 80, you know, three or whatever. She, she was just so excited the Raiders had won. And I got introduced to football and I loved it. And I never, I never stopped. And uh, I quit being a Washington football fan a couple, maybe like eight, eight years ago. I, I just gave up. And my true love now is fantasy football. Uh, I love everything fantasy football. I'm in 18 dynasty leagues. I'm in, you know, 20 best ball leagues. I'm in, uh, you know, 10 redraft leagues. Uh, and so for me, it, it, and, and DFS is coming, and DFS is coming, <laughs> right. and I just got, I don't have it with me here, it's over at my mantle, but I just got my DFS man's coin from Pete Manzanelli, uh, a.k.a. Pete Overzet. so I, I love that world too, so if it's a football, it's related to football and guys, uh, you know, I'm into it, it's my thing, so. Yeah, if people haven't checked out the full Costanza, they gotta <laughs> go back, I mean, that was classic. Yeah, so it's anniversary. Man. Yeah, Nimble Members anniversary. That was fantastic. I, I had that brewing for a while, and uh, <laughs> you know the truth is, I had to shoot that myself with a video. And so there's an eight minute video of me just like on the, you know, and there's. Oh, and then you just took the screenshots. That's terrible. Smart. Yeah, I just took yeah. It's terrible. 
to watch. And when I when I do pass one day eventually, and that data finds its way to somebody, they're gonna be like, "This is the scariest video." And someone's gonna go, "No, I know that guy. I saw yeah. him on Twitter like thirty years oh, ago." That guy. That guy. Oh, that's right. what happened to him. Okay. Oh man. But I am a fan of I am a fan of comedy and, and uh, Seinfeld and things like that. So you know, if I can jump into people's uh, world in a silly way, but then kind of stick around for more meaningful fantasy football takes. And uh, that's kind of my goal, I guess, right now. Yeah, so you kind of brought it up too. Like for me, I think the hardest part about working in fantasy football or or doing anything with this is just getting established, is just getting up off the ground. Because if you don't have a following, then it it doesn't mean anything. So after uh, you're trying to get into everything, you know, like I have a full-time job working for the school district here. I have my wife and my two boys. So I also have time that I want to, you know, just blow off steam and play yeah. games with my friends or something. Uh, so it's all about a perfect like work-life balance. So how do you juggle everything you have going on outside of fantasy football? Oh, that's a great question. And, and that kind of leads uh, that if you go back, kind of pull the yarn on that uh, a while back. Last fall, um, I was doing fantasy football in, in a couple leagues. I'm on Twitter, probably have, you know, 500, 600 followers on Twitter. Still love fantasy football, still ahead, still follow everybody and trying to learn everything right. about it. Um, I'm working a job where in education where I'm an evaluator of, of teachers. And so I'm working 80 hours a week. I'm, I'm observing teachers every day. I'm writing reports and it is breaking my soul. And so in uh, mid-October, I just one Friday night, I'd worked, you know, 80 hours that week. I just said... I, I'm done. I'm done. I, I wasn't done, but I was done writing <laughs> for other people. And I just, I started a website uh, called nimble with numbers or nimblewnumbers.com. And I just started writing DFS. And it was just for me. I stayed up all night. My wife's like, you bought a website? Like, what are you doing? And <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm doing this for me. I, I don't, I, I'm tired of being used by the machine. Uh, I'm tired of just being, you know, stamped out. And so long story short, you know, my daughter developed some health complications. I resigned from that leadership position. Uh, and so I'm back in the classroom, which frees me up. Now I don't have to work 80 hours a week. I can right. work 40 hours a week like I'm supposed to, which is what I want to do. Uh, and the leadership position wasn't wasn't paying me any extra. It was still on my teacher's salary. It was just out of the goodness of my heart, I got to work a whole nother, you know, full, <laughs> full free year for my company a couple of Lucky times, you. you. Yeah. Lucky me. So I'm not doing that anymore and I'm dedicating. So I do have more free time. Um, but it's a balancing act. I mean, today um, I had to, I uh, didn't have to, I got to, I get to go to the pool with my daughter. Uh, I got to go on my walk with my other daughter. Um, we played some Mario Kart. I got to, you know, write and get ready for my my own draft tonight and, and put up stuff on my website for the Fantasy Millionaires. And so it's, it's a balancing act. Did all my chores, mowed the grass. And um, I think the main thing that I do is I know what I want every day. And I know who I need to uh, serve and care for, especially as a dad. You know, you've got right. children, you yep. have a wife, you know, or if you're a mom or whoever, if you're, you know, I, I'm not going to assume that you're a, a man and doing fantasy football. Ladies are killing fantasy football and they have, crushing you know, it. So yep. crushing it. So, yeah. But either way, you know, I think knowing what you want each day from each of the different areas of your life is important. And so for family, fantasy is not first, family's first. And so, you know, if my daughter were to have uh, something she needed me to help with, I might have to not be a part of this, which is unfortunate. But this, you know, but I, I prioritize what's important, know what's important, know what I can do to help other people. Uh, and then my schedule, I, I schedule everything. And so this was on my fantasy schedule. This is my podcast schedule. I have a weekly yep. schedule where I, if people invite me on, I can look at it and say yes or no. And, and it correlates to my family's schedule. Um, and so 
I'm 41. I'm old. And I think one thing <laughs> I've, learned, I've learned is, you know, surprises on the schedule do not bless the wife. So also just kind of I'm constantly communicating and figuring out what, what people need and how I can support them uh, in, in establishing a, a daily routine that's going to get them the food they need, the, the, whatever the medicine they need, the, just the daily support in school they need, and then me do what I need to do. Uh, and so it's a balancing act, and uh, I might sleep on the couch sometimes in the basement, because <laughs> yeah. I'm not not because I'm banished, but just because I'm up all night working or I'm, I'm you know, like in the, in the lab, like Edison, uh, kind of having a weird schedule. But I wouldn't give it up. I, I love this. I love being able to talk to you today. I love going to a draft. I'm going from fancy football, fancy football, fancy football. Uh, I did a, a podcast before I came on here with Jason Sarney, who's my friend. We did a, a prop betting podcast for an hour. So, I mean, I, I'm all in, and I'll make time to do this. I think that you're doing it right now. You're in your house. You're podcasting. You love this. Um, yeah, you can see that, my kids and the dogs running around in the yeah, window in the background. I love that. <laughs> I locked mine out. My, my, my back downstairs down here, they're trying to get in the basement. I'm like, I know, I'm going to mute my mic, you know. So, <laughs> yeah. um, I mean, I think it, it is, it's important in all of this to keep perspective. And so we're, we're here in a great place, in a great space with great people. Um, I love fancy Twitter. They, they are, um, I think if you kind of get through the periphery of people just yelling hot takes and arguing over players and rankings and that kind of stupid periphery stuff on Twitter, uh, you can get to just a bunch of amazing people who uh, have, have gone through hardships, who are going through hardships, who can relate to you, who can support you, who you can care for, who you can build relationship with. And so, I mean, all of this is just exciting for me as I get to talk to people like you and get to build relationships and uh, learn from people. Because uh, this is just a, it's a cool place for me, for sure. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And I've been asked many times by my wife and others, like, why do you spend your free time arguing with people on the internet about stuff that doesn't <laughs> actually matter? I was like, I'd rather do that than argue about stuff that you think does matter. It's more right. important to me. Ricky Mostert's ADP matters. Exactly. Come, come on. on. Right. Come on. Adjust your ranks. Exactly. So. So uh, like one piece of advice I always give to like the younger guys who are like you brought up the younger guys I know who are like, oh, I'm getting married. You know, what, what advice do you have? Get a comfortable couch. That's the one I always go to. You'll always do something stupid and end up on that couch at some point. So it sounds like you're set there with the couch. You're fine. Fantastic. Yes. And I, I'll tell you a story. My wife, God bless her soul. Um, I am a chaste man. I've only, you know, ever known my wife, only ever been my wife. I love her. She, you know, I'm a good, good man. Uh, but in the, in the olden days, there were times I'd go and have some libations. Um, and so one night my wife got wind that maybe I was going to go out again after coming home, you know, um, a little bit inebriated. So she took my keys, hid them, locked me out of the bedroom. I didn't understand. <laughs> I didn't understand. She wouldn't let me in. I texted my friend and I don't remember any of this. Texted my friend. I said, I lost my car keys. I'm my brother-in-law. I said, I lost my car keys and a strong sense of who I am. And so um, <laughs> that's not who I am anymore, thankfully, you know, but that night it was not the couch. It was just the floor in the hallway. So I've learned, I've upgraded. If you're going to make a mistake, don't fall on the floor in your hallway, go to a, a nice, comfortable couch. Exactly. Have uh, the comfy couch. It's the best thing you can do. Exactly. It's just and looking out long-term. Yes. And if I smoke a cigar or something, she's like, don't come to bed tonight. And I don't do it very often. <laughs> Maybe yeah. once every couple months, you know, two times a year, but yeah. Yeah. So, well, in terms of fantasy football, what's the one piece of fantasy advice that you give out as much as possible? Like for me, it's when you're drafting, let the board come to you. 
Mm. Because going in with a set strategy of, oh, I'm definitely going to take a running back, wide receiver here, whatever, seems to be like the biggest mistake newer people make. Yeah, I love that. I love that advice. I think that you can go in with a, a mindset or with a, a couple guys who you think are undervalued that you want to get. Um, yeah, and that you're you want to target. Yeah. Of course, yes. Um, I think what happens is when you are like, okay, I love Raheem Mostert. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reach for him in the fourth instead of maybe letting him come in the fifth or the, when you, when you reach for those guys, you you're getting them at their highest ADP. You're getting them at their peak potential value. Like you're buying the Mercedes at the showroom price and you're taking it off the lot. Okay. Some guys you do that with maybe this year, you know, for me, I would do it with the first round picks, you know, Derek Henry, I'm going to take, I'm going to do that. You know, uh, with CEH, I'm going to do that with Miles Sanders. I'm okay. You do that. But in the later rounds, you don't need to reach for those guys. So I, I agree. I would also say to add to that, um, this is kind of, you know, I'm not trying to be a weirdo, but know your league mates. I, I've actually studied the drafting patterns of my league mates. I have a, I have a data spreadsheet of all of their accumulated draft picks, what they like to do, how many running backs they like to target, when they target them. And so I'm going to go into my draft now knowing who I'm up against, where I'm positioned, especially the guys drafting on either side of me. What's their propensity to go running back heavy? I can use that against them in their kind of, you know, in who I go after knowing they're not going to get my guys. So, right. Yeah. That's a great point too. Like uh, one of the home leagues that I play in that we've played in forever. My advice is always, if you don't get a top three tight end, you wait. And if in, I mean, if you can get it at a value, I'm okay with taking a top quarterback, but for the most part, there's so many of them that you can just wait the home league we're in everybody seems to want not only their starter, but a backup within like the first 10 rounds. Yeah. So if you just go into it with the general strategy of I'm going to wait on QB, you're going to end up with like Dwayne Haskins as your starting quarterback because you waited way too long. So you're definitely right. You absolutely have to know the people you're drafting with in the situation. And you have to adapt as well. I mean, I think, you can have a zero RB mindset and then go in and go, well, um, I've got Jonathan Taylor and I've got Kareem Hunt in the sixth. Oh, I'm going to get these guys. I need these guys, you know, or whatever it is. Whereas if you're going to just go in and go, I'm going to go zero RB and that's all you think about, you got my pot pass up value in those earlier rounds that you couldn't get later. Um, I'm not saying zero RB stinks. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying yeah. if, you, if, you're fixed, if you're fixed in that mindset and you force zero RB in a draft that doesn't unfold to you, you're not advantageously getting players at their high value, their maximum value. Yeah, absolutely. Be fluid. Be be willing to uh, to move. That's a good yes. point. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I did not expect to go in a recent draft. I went Michael Thomas uh, at the fourth pick. I I was like, I have to do this. It was a keeper league, so there wasn't as many people available. So I went right. CMC, Saquon, Zeke, um, and then uh, I was like, I'm going to go uh, instead of going Dalvin Cook or Kamara, I'm going to go Michael Thomas. Well, coming back, you know, um, I have a keeper in Chris Godwin in the fourth round. So the running back, now I'm going to go running back. You know, so you're, as you're building, you're, you're going to, okay, and now I'm going to pivot to running back. Before I thought I was going to go running back early, I have to change it up a little bit and change my strategy. Um, yeah. And so, it, yeah, it, it, you can't be static. Being static, you're going to lose if you're static. That's just how it works. Well, yeah, and also don't be just stubborn. <laughs> nope, this is it no matter what. This is my strategy. Right. I'm doing it. Right. Uh, so you did mention a little bit, how many leagues are you in this year that you actually have to manage? Like playing a ton of best ball leagues, but that's yeah. just, that's Ron Propel. You just set it and forget it. Yeah. I'm going to say 28 to 30 leagues I'm going to have to manage this year. So I'm going to have to set a whole 
chunk part of my calendar my podcast calendar a whole is, day for starting is, lineups yeah. <laughs> well, monday monday night is the podcast for for my my main big podcast i do with mike and so that'll be where we talk about the the, the white waiver wire and the values and then tuesday evening i have I'm, there's nothing so tuesday evening i will go in and that'll be my my night just to research and i already done the research on my guys but research like who's available in the leagues and, and where to get them and um, a lot of the dynasty leagues, though, no one's going to be available. We've we've got right. we've got That's you know so maybe yep. ten leagues or twelve leagues that I'm really you know Scott Fish. I'm not going to be getting that many guys in Scott Fish. They're, you know we we have deep rosters. So right. um, and I don't think I want to drop any of my guys right now. I mean I got Brian Edwards in like the 18th round and you know Rugs in like the 15th round. So I, mean, I have guys that I want to keep on. I've drafted good guys. None of my right. guys got cut. You know. Um, yeah, the, the redraft, though, the big redrafts, I mean, I think those will be up front. You know, the, the big money, $200, $400 leagues you're in, those kind of take precedent. And then the other smaller leagues, I look at them every day, though. I'm obsessed. I mean, I, I am. Yeah, I was going to ask, so you are also in the Scott Fishbowl this year. I'm in the Scott Fishbowl as well. And nice. Uh, I was going to ask how your your team is kind of held up because you see a lot of these horror stories like, oh, no, half of my guys from the top six rounds have already been cut or traded or something. I'm, but your I'm team gonna, is held up pretty well so far? Yes, I'm going to pull it up. I, um, I have it here in the MFL League, and uh, it, it's, um, I'm, I'm still really proud of it. I'm, I'm, not, uh, I'm not ashamed at all of my team. And so let's let's go through this bad boy. My team is um, Matt Ryan. It's my starting quarterback. Uh, then as my backups, I have Ryan Fitzpatrick and Jimmy Garoppolo. So those are the guys I'm working with there. Um, my running backs, I have Zeke Elliott, Kareem Hunt, um, Boston Scott, uh, Ezekiel Elliott. I'm sorry, sorry. I'm sorry again. Ezekiel Elliott, Kareem <laughs> Hunt, Eric McKinnon, Tony Pollard, Boston Scott, uh, and Treat Cohen. Um and then wide receivers, I have Mike Evans, Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, Calvin Ridley, Henry Ruggs, Debo Samuel, um, Miles Boykins, Brian Edwards. Uh, and so I feel strong there. And then my tight ends are TJ Hawkinson, Rob Gronkowski, and Gerald Everett. So no cuts. No one's been cut. Yeah. If anything, you know, well, Debo's back. Pretty well. Yeah, right. Yeah. So it's it's only gotten better since then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I'm I'm I mean here's the thing. We don't we're, we're not soothsayers. We don't know when we pick yeah. in July. Mm-hmm. It, right. You know, we were kind of just throwing darts, but uh, it is nice when when you don't lose your darts. And I I mean I'm biting myself for not getting Antonio Gibson. I love him. I loved mm-hmm. him, and um I got him the other night in the best ball before the news broke about Adrian Peterson. And yeah. I just told everybody, I taunted them the next day. I said, you're not winning this best ball league. There's no chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I have Antonio Gibson in the 13th round. You're going to lose. So Exactly. Yeah. yeah we have, uh, my lineup you? held up pretty well as well. Uh, let's see. So I got Dalvin Cook and nice. Chris Carson as my starting running backs. And I was actually able to get Alexander Madison and Carlos Hyde and feel like I was able to kind of handcuff them and just own the Minnesota and Seattle running back situations. Love that. Love that. Uh, based on how the board fell to us and with the tight end premium, I have George Kittle and Mark Andrews. <laughs> and I also have Janu Smith that I got later yeah. on. So I feel like I'm pretty stacked at tight end. Uh, I Because of that, I avoided – Top end wide receiver, but I got Terry McLaurin, Calvin Ridley, mm. I got T.Y. Hilton, Darius Slayton, 
who I feel like is going under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then like Preston it. Williams and Love Randall him. Cobb. Ooh, and then my quarterbacks, <laughs> are, yeah, my, my quarterbacks are Daniel Jones, Gardner Minshew, and Dwayne Haskins. I like the upside in Gardner Minshew and yeah. Daniel Jones. Those are guys who should be throwing the ball a lot, and they're going right. to get between 40, you know, 40, 200, 4,500 yards. I mean, yep. it's not going to be great yards. It's not going to be beautiful yards, but, sure. you know, there should be some come from, you know, way down yards. So yeah. I like the upside of Jones this year. He's one of my guys that I'm in on a bunch. And I've got the stack now with him and Slayton. So, yeah, I feel you have I feel to. Yeah, you have to. Stack. Yeah. yeah. I, and, and, and so in, in mine, I stacked um, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Calvin Ridley. Right. And then, I, I mean, you got to do it. You got to do it. And I didn't know. <laughs> that I would have gone Tariq uh, Hill if I would have known that I could have got Calvin Ridley. That Ridley would have been there still. Yeah. I, I wouldn't have known. Mm-hmm. But I was like, I got to get Julio. And then I was like, I got to pair him up with Matt Ryan. Quarterbacks go early and Scott Fish, you know, those who played, you know that. And so um, I got Calvin Ridley in the in the fourth. But then I also paired up Jimmy Garoppolo and Debo. Um, you know, and so I, you, you got to have those in these bigger leagues. You got to kind of stand out and you got to be a little bit different than everybody else. You got to get that high upside or you're not going to get advancing the playoffs. So that's, that's my, my thought in that. Yeah, exactly. And then on the back end of running back, I was able to get Antonio Gibson in the 13th. <laughs> and I got uh, Josh Kelly as well, who I think has a decent shot to, to put up some numbers in, uh, in L.A. Mm, yeah, I, I like your team. The team is looking strong. Yeah, I think it's holding on pretty strong. So Yeah, very much. No Adrian Peterson. No, Adrian. <laughs> no. No, no, no Adrian Peterson. No. Um, so – I mean, you, you mentioned you're playing in all these leagues. Who would you say, like, among them, I, I guess specifically redraft, because Dynasty will carry over year on year. But yeah, who are you most invested in this year? Yeah, so in my redrafts, I would say Calvin Ridley is one of my most invested, um, you know, uh, players that I have on my team. And then also, you know, Mr. McLaurin, you mentioned him before, you know, Scary Terry or F1 or whatever people want to. Whatever your preference is. Yeah. Yes. I I have him on my big money league that we drafted last Saturday. I love him. Uh, I think he has top 15 potential this year for sure. For sure. Um, Yep. For sure. I I love him a bunch. And so he's on there too. Uh, When it comes to RBs, you know, I've kind of been all over the board. I don't, I don't have a lot of RBs um, that I can say is all, on all my teams except for Kareem Hunt. Uh, I love Kareem Hunt kind of being that flex RB3, flex role that you can have. And if you can get him as your RB3, it's hard to do. But um, And, and Scott Fish, I have him as my RB2. But yeah. I got Zeke as my RB1. Uh, and then, you know, I'm rolling out Evans, Mike Evans, Ridley, Julio, and DK. So I'm, I'm feeling fine in that regard there. But, yeah, Kareem Hunt, I think he has – uh, a, a job to win uh, in the NFL somewhere next year. So he's going to be balling out. Uh, he got, you know, not to you know talk bad about him, but he got pulled over last year at the end of the year when, uh, when the chiefs were in the Super Bowl. And it was a sad video of him kind of just being like, I should be in the Super Bowl right now. I should be. And he should have. So he's got a chip. He's got a chip on his shoulder. And I think he really wants to get a new contract, a new team next year. Maybe it's a Cleveland. I don't know. Um, I don't think it is. But I think he he wants to ball out this year. And and last year when he came in and he was averaging 13, 14, you know, points in my in my fantasy league, we have a couple bonus points here and there for you know um, 40 yard receptions and things like that. He right. he he was just crushing it in PPR as the flex. And and uh, I I love him uh, this year. I really hope he balls out. And uh, he has that first round talent that we were drafting a couple years ago before he fell into those hard times with the 
some of the choices he made. But I, I'm for redemption. So Cream Hunt, you know, get me some money this year. <laughs> yeah, he was one where last year he was he finished top twenty in PPR when the last eight games when he was playing. So if he ever, you know, something happened to Chubb, whatever, he became the guy. He absolutely is in the top ten conversation oh, in yeah. PPR. And I'm sure he wants to be a starting running back next year and he'll look for that contract. But he's in the unfortunate scenario where now we've already seen Fournette move and we'll see what happens to him next year. But, you know, Todd Gurley's on a one-year deal. Aaron Jones is going to be a free agent. It's just a stacked class that he's going to be out there working against to try to find better ball. He better ball. Exactly. (laughs) He's got to put up those numbers if that's what he wants to do. Right. Uh, So then – you know, Kareem Hunt seems to be the the running back. Is there anybody that you're not invested in at all? Anybody that you've kind of avoided, but whether it's, you know, situation or yeah. maybe just the price tag, the ADP that worries you? You know, um, I don't like Amari Cooper this year. And uh, I, it's not that I don't like him. I don't like him in the third round or the se- end of the second round. I, I don't like that. Um, there's three – it's a three-headed receiving monster. And I think that CeeDee Lamb – is going to eat into his wide receiver one kind of uh, opportunities. And so I, I don't know who's going to be the wide receiver one. Um, I, I know that Amari Cooper is not the, the red zone threat for the Dallas Cowboys. That is for sure. And uh, the, the, the reports out of camp the other day were that against the, the defense and live drills and, and live scrimmage to play a real game. C Lamb had three red zone touchdowns. He was just being targeted consistently i see michael gallup targeting consistently so i don't have faith in amari cooper i wouldn't be surprised if gallup or cd lamb surpassed him you know and not because they're not trying to get him the ball or anything but just because there's so many weapons uh who are you going to key on you're going to put a double on cd lamb in the slot no you're not you know you're not and cd lamb he has you know he's not the fastest he doesn't have the best hands but when you put it all together i do feel like he has the potential to bust out so amari cooper is a fade for me unless I can get him in the fifth round or something. Then there's value. I'll, I'll, I'll pick him up, but just, I'm not going after him in the third or fourth. Yeah. It's pretty remarkable to think where we were, right? Like two years ago with Amari Cooper, he was going in like the high teens as Ooh. a Raider. Cause he was the only guy. Yeah. And then he got traded to Dallas and was literally the only receiver they had and was just getting force fed targets and became top 10 and right now in ADP, he's still going in like that 12-13 range. When Gallup is developed and now they've added Lamb, there's yeah. just there's more mouths to feed. He's not going to get the same volume he has in the past. And then the issue with him has always been the hands and injuries. So yeah, it's I'm, I'm with you there. Amari Cooper is a guy that steadily throughout the offseason has slid down my rankings for no yeah, fault I mean, of his own, really. It's right. just it's just I'm looking at what the other players around him are doing. Yeah. 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 Um, I do have another, I'll give you an RB fade. Uh, this is just for me and I could be totally wrong. I, I love Chris Carson last year. I had Chris Carson last year. Um, I had the opportunity to draft him again this year and I went, I went Jonathan Taylor because I I'm afraid of injury. Chris Carson runs a violent, he's a violent runner. He goes up the middle. He, he needs to swivel. He he's great on his feet. I mean, for a big back, um, I, I I'm so surprised. You know, watching Jordan Howard run, I don't know how he doesn't get tackled every time, all the time. But then, you know, when you when you watch Chris Carson run, you're like, wow, how does not that guy get tackled? You know, kind of the opposite. How does he get – that guy should get tackled. He, he work, works his way in there. So with that hip – and, you know, I don't know. I've never had a hip fracture. I'm just a little bit concerned about his lateral movement. I want to see it. And so I, I can't pay up in that early round. If he falls, I'll get him. 
But um, I don't hate him, but I, I passed over him for, for Taylor this year, just thinking about that upside and really the Miles Sanders effect from last year. I got Miles Sanders, and it bolstered me into the playoffs in the end of the year. And I feel like Taylor, who, by the way, if you're a gambling man, his over-under on yards this year on, on DraftKings is 700 yards. That is just <laughs> I mean, that Oh, is my ridiculous. God. Take that to the bank. Um, I feel like he has a real opportunity the last half of the season just to, to get the rock and to take it and make it his own. And so he's he drafted him for a reason. It wasn't because Marlon Mack is an amazing running back. Marlon Mack is serviceable, and I think that they're going to move on from him in a little bit, and, and JT is going to be the man. So, I, you know, that's where I'm kind of at in that situation. So, Yeah, no that's card. interesting too. Uh, for me, I always say that, you know, like running back, especially in PPR because I play primarily PPR, but in PPR specifically – your RB2 tends to be like the most overvalued position. If yeah. you can get yourself a, a for sure dominant, you know, top 10 running back and feel good about it as your RB1, I'm good like punting on RB2 for a while and just yeah. loading up on wide receivers. But if I can get a guy like Chris Carson as my RB2 in like the fourth round where I've seen yeah. him go in some leagues. Then I like that better. That's I'll do better. it because it's got the upside of being a top 10 guy when he's healthy. The question with him is just, how long yeah. does he stay healthy? Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned a point too about handcuffing. I don't like to handcuff in 15 or 16 team leagues because you're, you're wasting a roster spot at yeah. times. But in, in the yeah. Scott Fitch where you have big rosters and you got, you know, 22 players on your team, whatever it is, um, that makes a lot of sense because you want I, – I backed up Zeke with Tony Pollard because I want that positional safety in the offense. It, 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 you're, you're doing that and Scott Fitch is brilliant. It's a little bit different in, in the, the redraft where I'm a little bit more hesitant yeah. to have you know him and Hyde on there. I'm just like, oh, I could have somebody else like a Boston Scott or somebody instead that maybe gives me more upside in the flex. Um, but I do like Chris Carson in the fourth. I've seen him go in the third a bunch, and I just never see yeah. him in the fourth. So I'm, we'll see what happens in about, I don't know, four hours, three hours? What time? <laughs> three hours. Yeah, exactly. three, three hours. We'll be live. And I'm going to be periscoping this. So I don't know if you're, if you're going to send this out nice. maybe tomorrow, but – um, yeah, yeah. There should be Periscope footage of this on on Twitter uh, of my league yeah. mates. Go, go back and check the footage. See how it compares to this interview. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. See if I'm no, just full of like, shit. Uh, yeah. that's a, that brings up a good point too about handcuffing. Normally, I am a hundred percent with you that I don't handcuff at all. I feel like it's a waste of a, a back end roster spot. I'd rather have yeah. a guy who's got the upside to eventually become the one on their roster. Uh, the yeah. only reason I've kind of pivoted this year to handcuff more than ever with, especially with running backs um, and especially those top guys is because of the uh, it, it's because of the whole COVID situation. Yes. Yes. So the uncertainty of, you know, being able to, to all of a sudden lose your starting running back like an hour before game time yes. because they got yes. exposed to somebody. And then all of a sudden I still have Madison. So I've got a top 10 guy anyway, and I'm good. That's the only yeah. reason I'm encouraging people this year to actually handcuff. Otherwise, I'm just I feel I'm with you. I feel it's a waste of roster spot. Well, the the Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think that that Madison's going to have value outside of Dalvin Cook. I mean, yeah. even if he's not, yeah, I, I like that pick as a handcuff. Same thing with Pollard. Like he gets involved yeah, in the Pollard passing too. game enough that he's got the yeah. value there. Yeah, yeah. I think there, there's a level of of handcuff like the Mendoza line where you're like. Yep. Not gonna. I'm not rostering Le'Veon Bell's handcuff. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want Frank Gore? Come on, you gotta, oh. you gotta get that Frank Gore. 
what, what am I making it to Canton three yards at a time? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I tweeted out a couple months ago. There's this an old white guy in a Buffalo Bills. I was like a old throwback retro thing. He was running on the field and everybody was blocking for him and flag football thing. It was cute. He was 97. And I said, man, Frank Forge is still killing it. You yep, know, crushing and, it out uh, there. Just push. Yeah, he's just still out there. His son is graduated from college, has seven kids. His his son is on the Pee Wee team. I mean, his son. son I mean, yeah, he's just exactly. It's, yeah, it's a Frank Gore senior, senior, senior. Now I don't know. It's just, it's it's a lot. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, thanks for joining me, Scott. I appreciate it. Where can the people find you? We know Nimble W numbers on Twitter and uh, yeah. Shout out your website as well. Make sure people are heading there. Podcast, all that stuff. I appreciate that. You can find me lots of different ways. Um, I'm on Twitter at, at NimbleWNumbers. I'm also on the interwebs at NimbleWNumbers.com. So same thing, just put a .com on the end. Um, and then also at TheFantasyMillionaires.com is my podcast I do with my partner. But also, I just did my first Nimble with Numbers podcast yesterday, and that, I'm working on getting that set up on my own website too. So a lot of stuff going on. I'm on YouTube. I'm on Twitter. You put Nimble with Numbers or the Fantasy Millionaires into any platform search, you should find a good-looking, hairy, bearded man with his shirt on. <laughs> with his shirt on. Well, most of the time. Most of the time. Most of the time. Uh, um, but yeah, thank you for for this opportunity. This has been great. I appreciate it, and uh, I, I wish you the best of luck in the fishbowl, of course. And I hope we do not end up, you know, in the championship. <laughs> and I have to beat you. Have to go head to head. Yeah, then it's just awkward, awkward right? It's just yeah. awkward, right? Yeah. Exactly. Shout out to Mike as well. Appreciate what you guys thank are doing you. with the fantasy millionaires. It's been good. I've been watching. Appreciate you shouting me out with my four net stat the other day. That was that was good. You know what? I here's the thing about me, man. We're all standing on people's shoulders, and I. Yeah. I love everybody and I want to be able to, I'm not somebody who steals something and go, this is mine. <laughs> you know, I, I want to, all my columns are, there's, you know, the wide receiver two theory. I'm talking about, you know, John Daigle. I'm talking about JJ Zacharyson. I'm talking about four for four. I'm talking to, you know, it, it, these are all things that we're, we're all kind of learning together and, and learning from. There's no individual, great, bestest, most importantest fantasy football person. Right. There's you know, no single oracle. Here. Yeah. No, no. We're all part of the, the id. And I just want to be the best little id person I can be and bring everybody, you know, up and all together. And so if somebody says something, let's put it out there. Good stat. Yeah. I love it. So thank you for contributing. It's it's awesome to be in this space, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I appreciate you coming on here. And I want to thank you in general just because, you know, joining Scott Fishbowl, going through all the tweets, and then, like you said, finding your TikToks and all the stuff you were putting out there just to, like, reel people in. You reeled me in. Yes. And I saw that and I was like, man, this guy is awesome. More people need that. to know about it. And it kind of got me down this whole like rabbit hole. Like who else do, does our audience, do my listeners not know about that they should? And it, yeah. it's, it kicked off me doing this entire series. Ooh. So it was, it all started with you. Oh, your, thank your, you. your patient zero. So thank you very I much. Appreciate most, it. Most 40 year old fat, <laughs> funny guys don't come out of nowhere. They're, you see them when they're younger. You're like, who is this unicorn here? Hey, <laughs> yeah. uh, fantasy unicorn. There you go. If it wasn't yeah. Nimble W numbers, it would be fantasy unicorn. I appreciate yeah, pl plump, it. Plump, plump fantasy unicorn. Put that in there. So, <laughs> All right, well, well, thank uh, you. For this has been awesome. Anytime, anytime. All right. So, thanks again to Scott. And uh, until next time, everybody, make sure you just keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by Lee Rosevier. I'm Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz. And you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!